Good morning again. We're going to dismiss the children at this time. We've got a program for them, a lesson for them, and so they'll go and share in that time together. If you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you do, whether it's a physical Bible or on your phone or a tablet or something of that nature, we're going to be sharing together out of Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51. I was thinking about uh, this message, and, and my thoughts went to an episode uh, of a TV show, popular TV show, uh, in which there are video clips of, of different events and things that we find funny. And uh, there was a, a little toddler boy, and he was just covered in chocolate. I mean everywhere, and you can imagine the picture a younger brother, a little bit smaller than him, covered in chocolate everywhere. And the wall around them was covered in chocolate. Everything around them was covered in chocolate. And so in the midst of this image that we see, mother enters with the video camera, videoing everything that's going on. And she asks this question, have you been in the chocolate? The little child looks up with guilt all over his face and goes, No, right? We think that's funny. But the reality is there are a lot of people in the world, even Christians in the world, who do the same thing with the messes that we make in life. Are we guilty? Are we responsible? No. We want to blame somebody else somebody else's fault, somebody else's problem. And so we begin to rationalize. We, we begin to, to try to explain away the sin that exists in our life. All the time, the guilt, all the time, the, the sin or, or, or the mess that we've made is very plain to see, very clear uh, for everyone to observe. And yet, for some reason, we feel this need to not admit to what's going on in our life. We feel that somebody's going to judge us or someone's going to think less of us or, or somebody's going to look at us differently. And, and so even though we have this guilt and even though it's clear what's going on, we try to deny. We try to say, no, no, that's, that's not what happened. Oh, no, that, I, I didn't do that. that you, you know, there's a misunderstanding or there's something of that nature. And we try to hide or we try to to realize that, that that sin isn't real. But the fact of the matter is, God's Word tells us that there is sin in our life, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Scripture tells us that in relationship to that, that we need to be responsible for our sin. We need to understand that our sin separates us, our sin draws a, a wall or a barrier between us and the Lord, and the only way that, that we can, can come close to Him is to remove that barrier, to take that wall out of our life and to deal with the sin that is in our life. Now, sometimes that sin can be something that we've never sought God's forgiveness for. Maybe it's something from from years ago, but we've never sought God's forgiveness for. Or if we did, we've never forgiven ourselves. We've, we've never let it go to say, God's forgiven me, I need to forgive myself, and, and we need to move on in life. 
And so we still are walking around with the guilt. We're still walking around with the shame or, or the burden or, or the disappointment that we have in life. And, and so we struggle with these things. And these things become a roadblock for us or a, or, or a, a wall that separates us from, from a truly effective relationship with the Lord. And, and so the question we have today is how do we deal with that? How do we overcome those things in our life and deal with them biblically according to God's Word? Well, King David. We know the story of King David. And King David finds himself in this exact situation. He had sinned with his lust for Bathsheba. He had sinned in adultery with Bathsheba. He continued in sin by lying, by deceit, and by scheming to have Uriah murdered. And his sin had become this incredible weight that he was carrying around. It was a burden, a wall, a division between he and his God. In fact, leave your finger there in Psalm chapter 51 because that's where we're going But let's look at what David says about that sin back in Psalm chapter 32. In Psalm chapter 32, he begins to define how this sin, this burden, this separation is affecting his life. And so he says this, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impugn, uh, iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Now listen to what he says. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for the day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of the summer. He says, listen, when I kept my sin inside, when I did not deal with my sin in the proper way, when I was guilty and I tried to hide it, when I was guilty and I tried to deny it, when I was guilty and I tried not to deal with it in my life, he said, that guilt and burden affected me so badly. Here's what I want you to notice. We read those words. It affected him mentally. It affected him emotionally, and it affected him physically, and it affected him spiritually. That sin and the guilt and the burden of it affected every area of his life. He said he was weak, like when the heat of the summer overcomes. He says it was day and night that he was struggling and groaning within because of this guilt and burden that he was carrying. And I wonder this morning when we look around the world and we see people that are unhappy and we see people that are struggling and we see people that are striking out at others, is it because of the guilt and the burden of sin in their life, past or present, that they're dealing with and and they're trying to deal with it themselves and because they are, there's this burden that causes them to be weak It causes them to be weary. It causes them to groan day and night within and to be uncomfortable with life and unhappy with life because they're dealing with this sin and this struggle 
and, and this difficulty and this separation from, from the Father. And so now we drop over to chapter 51 of the book of Psalm. And we hear King David begin to deal with this situation and these circumstances. Listen to what he says. Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the greatness of thy compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done what is evil in thy sight. So that thou art justified when thou dost speak and blameless when thou dost judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part thou wilt make me know wisdom. Now we're going to stop right there. We're going to look at the rest of the chapter, but we're going to begin with these first six verses. How do I deal with the sin that is in my life? How do I deal with with the burden and the heartache that is coming because of the separation that I'm struggling uh, from my Lord. The first thing that we see is this. Appeal to God's attributes. When you begin to pray about the sin that is in your life, appeal to God's attributes. And we see that in verses 1 and 2. And David recognizes that because of these particular attributes... Now, we know... There are many more attributes of God than what David defines here. But he is recognizing the attributes that give him confidence, even though there's sin, even though there's separation, even though there's guilt and struggle that he's dealing with, these attributes of God give him confidence to come to the presence of God. And that's the first thing. Oftentimes, we're not willing to talk to the Lord or to someone else and to share with them or confess to them some struggle that we're having in our life because we're afraid. We're afraid that God will reject us. We're afraid that others will reject us. We're afraid that God will judge us. We're afraid that others will judge us, that we'll be condemned for for some sin or some action or some past thing or present thing in our life. And so that fear paralyzes us and causes us not to do anything about it. And because of that... We hold it within, and that's where David found himself. He said, when, when I didn't, didn't acknowledge my sin, when, when I didn't talk about it, when I didn't deal with it, he said, it ate away at me. It, it destroyed me within, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. It was devastating my life. But he said, I realized that I can come to God with that sin, without fear, And these are the three attributes that gave him that confidence. The first one is this, God's loving kindness. Those are some wonderful words, God's loving kindness. He says, deal with me in your loving kindness. The first thing he says is this, because I know you love me, deal with me kindly. I'm coming to you with sin. I'm coming to you with this guilt. I'm coming to you with this burden that's weighing me down. And he said, I'm I'm just asking as I come to you, out of your love, deal with me in kindness. And he had confidence that God would do that. 
that God would deal with him from the aspect of his loving kindness. The second thing he says is this, God's tender mercies. God's tender mercies. I think mercies is one thing, but the idea that he defines it, it's a tender mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy is, is when we don't get what we deserve. Okay? I remember when, when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have all the, the, the games and the things that kids have today to entertain. And, and uh, if we watched television, there were like three channels and it was black and white. And, you know, you had those rabbit ears with the foil on it to try to get a better picture, you know. There was no remote, no, right? You know, we didn't know what a remote was. A remote was us getting up and going over and changing the channel, right? So instead of that, we went out and did things. And one of the things we played, you probably remember this name. You remember the name called, with a couple of names. One of them was called Uncle or Mercy. I'm talking about. So, so you walk up and you grasp hands just like this, one to one. And then you take them and you turn your hands around like this. And then you begin to work one another and see if you can get the other person to say mercy or uncle, whatever the case may be, right? And so when we say that, when we say that word mercy, or if you called it uncle, what you're saying is, don't give me what I deserve. What I deserve is you to go ahead and, and crack them over and, and twist them and all that because you're stronger than I am. That's, that's what I deserve, right? Because of the game that we're playing. Mercy is when God doesn't give us what we deserve. And he says, God, deal with me in your tender, not just mercy, but tender mercy. Loving kindness and tender mercy. And then the third attribute he says is this, your cleansing power. You're the only one who can cleanse me. You're the only one who can forgive me. You're the only one who can wash me of this sin, who can cleanse me of the guilt and the burden. You're the only one that can remove that from my life. And so he says, if you want to begin to pray to God about sin in your life and struggles in your life and the mess that you've made, he says, come to him understanding these three attributes. Understanding his loving kindness. Understanding his tender mercy. And understanding the cleansing power that He offers. That no one else can offer. That no one else can give us in our lives. And so the first thing that we see is, is that David says, Listen, when you begin to pray and you begin to seek God, acknowledge His attributes. Understand who He is in this circumstance and situation and what that means to your heart and to your life. The second thing he says is this, admit your sin. Let's be honest, God already knows. We're not telling him anything that he doesn't already know. And we read those verses again and notice what David said beginning in verse 3. He said, for I know my transgressions. I know that there's sin in my life. And my sin is ever before me. In other words, here it is. It's laid out. All right. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done what is evil in thy sight, so that thou, mayst, that thou art justified when thou dost speak, and blameless when thou dost judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, thou dost desire truth in the innermost being, and 
thou wilt make me know wisdom. He says, listen, here's what I want you to understand. You have to admit your sin. After trying to cover up his sin, after trying to do everything that he could to, to not be held guilty or responsible for his sin, David finally realized that the only way to deal with this, to get rid of that burden, to get rid of that guilt, to, to get rid of, of the struggles that he was having, was to admit the sin. To, to come clean before God. Again, God already knew. God knew what had happened in his life. God, God knew what was going on in his life. He knew the struggle that he was having in his life. But he was, he was burdened. He, he, was, he was eaten up with this. Back in, in chapter 32, we saw how it devastated his life. And he said, listen, I know my sin. I know my transgressions. I know the iniquity that I'm dealing with. It is ever before me. It's a constant reminder. And he says, God, I am asking for your forgiveness. I am seeking you to cleanse me. And what I want you to recognize about that is that it is important that we be willing to come to God and admit our sin. Not just, oh, Lord, I've sinned. Okay? Name them. Talk about them. Be, oh, he already knows. You're not going to surprise him with anything. It's something that you've done in your past or maybe in the present that you think is hidden in the dark and that nobody knows. Nobody knows this about me. Not even my spouse. Not even the closest person to my life. Nobody knows this. God knows. He knows everything about us. We're not hiding anything from we're not keeping anything secret that He doesn't already know about. So when we come to Him, we have to come. Notice what He talked about there. Truthfulness. Truthfulness. Come with honesty. Come with a genuine admitting of the sin that is in our life and, and the things that, that are affecting us. Notice what He said there. He, he, we know that there were other people who were affected by His sin. We know what it did to Bathsheba's life. We know what it, what it did to the son that he conceived with Bathsheba. We know what it did to Uriah's life. We know that it affected all of these other people. But notice what David says. Against you and you alone have I sinned. My sin, even though my behavior have, has affected other people's lives, the sin is against you, God. The, the, the fault in my life, the mistake that I've made, the sin that I've committed, the disobedience that has happened, Lord, that is against you. And he understands that. And he realizes the importance of that sin and the significance of that. And he says, in regards to that, he said, I, I need to admit the truth about this sin. And then I need to allow the truth to help me to deal with that sin. The truth is in God's Word. The, the truth is is in Scripture. And he said, it's in here that I find the truth that helps me to deal with the struggle that I'm having in my life. Third thing he says is this. Ask for forgiveness that brings restoration. Ask for forgiveness that brings restoration. Pick up with me, if you would, in that 51st chapter, beginning in verse 7. Purify me with hyssop. And I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And do not cast me away from thy presence, and do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore, listen to that word, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And sustain me with a willing spirit. And then I will teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners will be converted to thee. He says, listen, God, I seek your forgiveness. A forgiveness that brings about restoration. A forgiveness that restores what? My relationship with you. We've had this barrier. We've had this separation. This division between me and the Lord, David says, that has, has caused, this division has been caused by my sin. The sin that I committed against you. And so I am asking you to forgive me of that sin so that we can remove that barrier to cleanse me, to wash me, to purify me. In other words, to remove that sinfulness from my life so that it no longer is a roadblock or or a separation between you and I. Give me a spirit of restoration. Renew in me the relationship that I had with you originally that this sin has devastated, that I may experience again the joy of the salvation that you've given to my life. He is praying and pleading with God for forgiveness of his sin. It begins by recognizing the attributes of God and that he will be the forgiver and that he is the cleanser. It continues with understanding what it means for you and I to admit our sin, to confess our sin, To be honest with Him about that. And then He says we can come and ask for forgiveness. Then He says we can come and seek His forgiveness and His cleansing and His washing and His making us whole and pure again in the eyes of God. A renewed understanding of our salvation that comes through Christ Jesus. Again, that there would be joy in our life and joy in our heart and joy in our relationship. And finally, He says this. Act on your new freedom. Take action on the new freedom that you've experienced. Look again what he said as we were concluding those verses, uh, picking up in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from thy presence. In other words, reestablish that relationship is what he's asking. And do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Fill me with your spirit again. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors. Here's the action part. Take action. Then I will teach transgressors thy ways and sinners will be converted to thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation. And then my tongue will joyfully sing of thy righteousness. God, Forgive me of my sin. Wash me, make me whole. Reestablish the relationship that I have with you so that I can once again walk in your salvation. I can once again feel the presence of your Spirit. I can once again have confidence to share with others about the forgiveness that I've experienced and help them to come to know you like I know you. What was he saying? He was saying, while I was walking around with this guilt, while I was walking around with this burden, 
God, I wasn't worshiping you like I should. God, I, I wasn't telling anybody else about you like I should. Why? Because I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I was guilty. And I knew I was guilty. And because of that, I was afraid to tell anybody else about you because I was, I was afraid that they might know about me. I didn't have confidence to share with others that salvation because of the guilt that I was bearing. But he says, Father, when you forgive me, all of that changes. When you forgive me and you wash me and you cleanse me, I'm a different person. I can now point others to you. I can now praise you and the victory that you've given me. And I can now worship you the way that I was intended to worship you. God says, listen. If you're dealing with a burden in your life, if you're dealing with sin, past or present, whatever it might be. He said, it separates us. And he says, I don't want that separation. And so I need you today to to come home. I need you today to acknowledge that sin and to seek my forgiveness. Ask for my forgiveness. Ask that I would cleanse you and wash you and make you whole and pure again. And he says, if you do, I will. As I think about that today, I think about those two little boys covered in chocolate. I think about the mess that they had made and the guilt that they were facing and the fact that they tried to to say that they hadn't done what they had done. And I think about that as it relates to David and his life and what we've seen in the 51st chapter of the book of Psalms this morning. And the thing that strikes me is this. Those little toddlers, those little boys, they couldn't clean up their mess by themselves. They couldn't wipe away the chocolate. They couldn't clean up the, the wall and, and themselves. They had to have help. And what I want you to know this morning, according to God's Word, you, you can't clean it up on your own. Whatever mess there is in your life, whatever sin you're dealing with, whatever struggle, whatever heartache, whatever difficulty, you can't clean it up on your own. We have to have Him. And be thankful this morning that we do have Him. And that He has a loving kindness and He has a tender mercy. And, and that He is willing to forgive us and love us if we're willing to come and be honest and just say, God, here's the mess I've made and I need you to help me clean it up. If you're here this morning and you need to pray that prayer, if you're here this morning and you're struggling with something like that in your life, we're going to sing an invitation hymn. And this 